Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Divers and Cheats here on Rabble.tv. My name is Carter Krishnire, your host. You can find me on Twitter at KKFLA737. Well, it's been all United States national team all the time. Sometimes I really dread these international breaks because we're away from club football for a couple of weeks, and the international game is kind of boring and monotonous compared to the, the excitement of the English Premier League or the German Bundesliga or even Major League Soccer here in the United States, North American Soccer League here in the United States, although the NASL played right through the international break, so maybe that's a bad example. However, this international break has been particularly entertaining between the FIFA scandal going on and the suspensions to Platini and Blatter, Euro qualifying, Wales qualified, Northern Ireland qualified, Albania, first ever international tournament. Congratulations to them. So that was pretty exciting. But then, of course, everything was obscured by the United States national team. And we're going to get right into that tonight on Divers and Cheats. We're going to talk to Daniel Feuerstein, Feuerstein's fire, about it, and to Dave Denholm from Fox Soccer about it, about my premise that Major League Soccer, a league I love, a league I follow, a league I support, has not necessarily been the best thing for the United States national team the last few years. Let me explain why. Major League Soccer, I think, has improved as a league dramatically. Salaries are up. Quality of play is better. Quality of stadium are better. Quality of management is better. Quality of uh, team management, front offices. I'm not talking about coaching. However, their ability to keep players in, their, in the league, U.S. players in the league and not go to Europe at a younger age, not go to Europe at all in some cases of guys who are in the U.S. national team player pool, radically different than the type of team Bob Bradley had a few years ago, where just about every single player on the roster in the 2010 World Cup had some sort of experience in in a league abroad. I think there were only a handful of exceptions, less than a handful, maybe two or three exceptions on that, that roster. Now, you've got players who are MLS lifers, who are regulars in Klinsman selection. Because MLS has gotten better, but these players are not being exposed to some of the tactical training, some of the quickness of of, of thought processes that you need to be truly successful at the international level. So I think Major League Soccer's 
improvement may have hurt the United States National League. Anyway, we're going to get into this uh, from a couple different angles. And, and I think what's been good for MLS, the growth of the league, the growth of the club game here in the United States and in, in, in our neighbors to the north in Canada has not necessarily been the best thing for the United States national team. You can say, see that in the case of the Premier League. The better the Premier League gets, the more foreign players they bring in, the more influence each club side has. How's it affected England? I mean, it certainly helped Northern Ireland. They had a very good qualifying campaign. They finished top of their qualifying group. They're in the Euros next year. They were in a tough group. They were in a tougher group than England, and they won that group. It's helped Wales. But has it really helped England? Now, England was better in 1990 than they are in 2015. Sorry, they were. 1990 was before the Premier League breakaway. Anyway, I think Major League Soccer did help the United States national team for a number of years. But now I think as the league gets really strong and club interests are trumping the interests of player development and national team considerations, we're running into these problems. So anyway, uh, we're going to bring Daniel in. To talk about that, and then we're going to bring Dave Denholm, who y'all y- y- probably know from Fox Soccer, probably hear him, call Bundesliga games this season. Those of you that watch the Bundesliga, uh, Europa League games he does. He is my former co-host on the American Soccer Show on the dearly departed Champion Soccer Radio Network. We used to debate these things all the time. So, anyway, let's get right to it. Daniel Feuerstein, thank you for joining us tonight on Divers and Sheets. And Daniel... I have this feeling that Major League Soccer, uh, the league is improving, no doubt. And I think sometimes the improvement doesn't necessarily help the national team. More guys staying in MLS, more guys coming back to MLS in the prime of their careers, uh, guys not really experiencing Europe, and then I have a problem with some of the MLS coaching. So explain to me what you think about this situation, and am I wrong in thinking that MLS coaches are, aren't very good, uh, they don't train well, train their teams well, and that uh, MLS teams can't keep the ball, so if Klinsman wants to play this possession-attacking style of football, he, he's looking in the wrong place when we have all these players in MLS. Well, I can only point at the moment to the New York Red Bulls as a team that basically can keep the ball. Jesse Marsh, uh, coming back into the coaching fold, has done a very good job with the New York Red Bulls. He has gotten them to not only hold possession, play with possession, and attack while possessing the ball. So I can say for Jesse Marsh, he's done a great job with it. You know, when you look at the other teams in the league, I mean, Dominic Kinnear is probably one of those better coaches uh, right now at San Jose, even though maybe some of the results are not going their way. I think we're kind of still wondering what Oscar Pereja is going to do with Dallas still. I mean, there's been a couple of hits and misses during their schedule. Uh, I mean, you see a team like D.C. United, you know, they're playing Benny Olsen ball, and, you know, there's not much possession there that you can see. So you would say there are maybe a few coaches in the league that knows how to play with possession and how to possess the ball. And there's going to be some coaches that, they don't want possession. They just want to go down the side, just attack, free-flowing. And sometimes you can see with some of the results in the league, it's hit or miss. So do we have a problem with guys that don't leave MLS at a young age and go experience Europe or experience Latin America? Or is it down to which individual MLS team they're with? Because the situation we're in now, Daniel, 
as I outlined just now at the beginning of the show, is that we have more guys in MLS on our national team than any time before since the, since the 98 World Cup. And Bob Bradley had a team in the 2010 World Cup where only one or two of those guys hadn't played abroad at some point in their career. Now we've got a team that, that, that Klinsman has that that's not the case. So um, what, what's the best – what do players do? MLS now has the money to keep guys in this league. See, that's the big issue, isn't it? Because obviously as the league has continued to grow and we have seen improvements in this league, obviously you've seen it, I've seen it. But as we always know, the, the, the number one way to go if you're going to be on this national team or at least to be a part of this national team is to apply your trade in Europe. Obviously the Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga are the big four leagues that you want to be a part of. Not saying not playing in French League 1 is a mistake. Obviously, Bedoya has done very well for Nantes in France. Uh, obviously, the Scandinavian countries, they do a good job as well with the level of play. Maybe not Finland so much, but Sweden and Norway and Denmark is very strong. But the problem as always is this, Kardec, is that when you're trying to play in the top four leagues of Europe, it is always going to be Where's the best goalkeepers? Where's the best, the best defenders on that back line? The best defensive midfielders? You will never, ever see an attacker, a playmaking midfielder, creative midfielder, attacking down the wings midfielder or a striker to get a fair shot at a club level. I mean, Josie Aldor is a perfect example of this. Because remember, he was going to go and play for Villarreal, and Villarreal back in the day said, we're going to loan him out before he plays. But then they started to play him, and then they stopped playing him. Then he wasn't getting anything. He barely even made the bench. Or even when he made the bench, he barely stepped in. And his only real stint of good fortune was playing in the Eredivisie in the Netherlands for AZ Akmar. And he won a KNVB Cup with that side, who also had Aaron Johansson at the time. Now he's over at Werder Bremen. So... Unfortunately, Josie Altidore is the great example of so much talent, so much promise, yet has he gotten an opportunity or has he not gotten an opportunity? So, and the only fit of success is in the Netherlands. So do you think that maybe American players aren't getting a, a fair shot in Europe and so they have to stay in MLS? Uh, that's what it looks like to me, Carter. I'm not just talk I'm not talking about defensive American players. Like I said, uh, look, Jeff Cameron's done well at Stoke. He's on that back line. Yeah, he's on very well there. Uh, but he's the only Howard, guy that's really doing well in the Premier League that's a field player. Yeah, as absolutely. I mean, Tim Howard's been staunch keeper for Everton uh, after he left Manchester United, obviously. Uh, Brad Kazan's doing well. I mean, we don't have to talk about the goalkeepers because goalkeepers are basically, you know, our specialty. But the problem is that, once again, if you're going to go for the big leagues in Europe, the big Division One leagues in Europe, I don't think you're going to get a sniff of the net unless, A, you were born in that country, and B, even if you are, uh, uh, your mother or your father is American, you're still going to get an opportunity to play because you were born in that country. And that's why I think you've seen so many players like Danny Williams who started off in the Bundesliga, Fabian Johnson's at the Bundesliga. They're born in Germany, but one of their parents is American servicemen or women. Fair enough. So, 
let's 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 go back to this argument about MLS and people coming back to MLS. So um, Michael Bradley, in my opinion, has not been as good for the national team since he came back from MLS. I think he should be training with Totti and De Rossi at Roma. Clint Dempsey hasn't been as good as since he's come back from MLS for the national team. Um, same thing with. Uh, with, with, with uh, uh, well, Jermaine Jones is getting older, so maybe that's a bad example. Uh, but with, with some other guys. Now, you have a guy in New York who I think might be the best player in the league this season, other than Sebastian Javinko. guy named Sasha yeah, Kleiston. Uh, yeah, definitely. Sasha Kleiston. You know, well, but, but, but let me ask you this. Do you think that Klinsman's yeah. not picking him because he's come back to MLS? He played in the Champions League in Anderlecht. I mean, what, 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 what's the reason he's not in the national team? You know what? I'll tell you what it's simply, and sometimes I think this is a detriment from Jurgen's side or his point of view. I understand what he's talking about. You want to play in the best leagues in the world. You want to play at the highest level uh, that is Europe, and obviously South America as well. There's no doubt about that. But what is the situation when, A, like I've said already, you know, attacking American players are not getting a fair shot, and at the same time, now that Major League Soccer has all this money now, now you're seeing the big TV contracts from Fox Sports, from ESPN, Spanish language rights, of course, from Univision, Deportes, Univision, Unimas, uh, all under the Univision umbrella. That's the reason why they're coming back. And even in Canada, with TSN being a part of it, uh, as well as now international rights, I mean, that's huge as well. Audi's put in uh, the car company, Audi, they've put a substantial amount into Major League Soccer, and that's great to see. And we're not, you know, I'm not saying it's terrible. It's great to see Major League Soccer being financially better, and hopefully we can get over this hump every time a CBA contract negotiations are going through. But the problem is, is that, here's the problem, is that is Clint Dempsey, you know, mentally strong, to play for the national team, or does he not care anymore? I just think Michael Bradley is showing, unfortunately, you know, he's not doing well uh, with Toronto, stats-wise. But still, for the national team, Michael Bradley is showing why he has been given the captain's armband. Yeah, and maybe, maybe, I, maybe he should be playing uh, in the role he's playing, Bradley, and the, the other guy you just mentioned, Dempsey, should be dropped from the team, and Bradley will probably play better than for the national team. I believe that. But, okay, but that's not, I guess that's not the discussion tonight, but I'm just interjecting that. Go ahead. Sure. Well, but I'm just in that it's just one of those things where you just uh, have to say, unfortunately, that the money makes the world go round. The money right now makes the world go round, and all you can do is, you know, look. I don't believe. So guys are staying in MLS. Core players: Omar Gonzalez, uh, Matt Beasler, Graham Zusi. They're staying in MLS. Uh, Zardis maybe will stay in MLS beyond his sell date. Uh, does that end up hurting? And I like Eddie Johnson, I think, went to Europe too late uh, and came back kind of a damaged product. So uh, is, is this okay that guys are staying in MLS for, for the bulk of their careers? I mean, what, what do you think? No. Right but, now, no. But, but now, you think no. they're not getting a fair chance in Europe, you're saying? That's the point, though. Yeah. But the, here's the thing, Cardiff. They're not getting it. That's the problem, isn't it? Because look at Brick Shea. Brett Shea went to, uh, went to the Premier League. Oh, yeah, yeah, but Brett Shea's soccer skills, are, I mean, his, his soccer IQ isn't there. I can tell, tell you that from watching skills, him. Card, card, it's not just soccer skills. It's also mentality. Yeah, his mentality, mentality isn't there. that needs to be fixed. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Let me ask you this. I believe that you, uh, this is Alexi Laws. I believe that U.S. soccer players are good enough to compete with the best in the world, not tomorrow, today. 
Um, this is a, a quote from him, a tweet on sa- Sunday morning after the results Saturday night. What do you think of that? Uh, you know, as much as I enjoy Alexei, as much as I uh, enjoy talking to him, uh, the truth of the matter, or listening to him, I should say, the truth of the matter is this, is that there's a problem. There is a major problem. And it's not just because of the finances. It's also the mentality. I always believe that you have great ability, you have wonderful ability, but the problem is, is this, is that it's really plain and simple, is that you need strong mentality to go play in Europe, and you need to do it, you know, the best way possible, not assume it's going to be, oh, it's just as great as advertised. You've got to work your rear ends off. You've got to do something really, really big to be a mainstay. Are the stakes in MLS becoming too high? Because I think we're seeing a situation where the league is getting better, the presence of the league is getting stronger, the footprint of the league, and there may be some guys, let's say somebody plays for the Galaxy and Bruce Arena is a pile driver, you know, he's, he's, he can crack the whip. Um, you think there's some guys who are saying, you know, the national team, it's not really what it used to be for me. You think that might be also uh, part, of, part of the factor now? You know what it is, Karik? The truth of the matter is, is that the players that are playing for their other national teams in CONCACAF, like Trinidad, Tobago, Jamaica, Honduras, all these players are playing in MLS, and that's making their national teams better. It's making them Yeah, no, absolutely. Better. Totally. And I, I actually, I, I have the theory also that the Premier League has probably made England weaker as a national team. It has made Northern Ireland and Wales stronger. You know, uh, and, and some of the other, uh, well, the home nations, sorry, and the Republic of Ireland, certainly it's made stronger. I think Northern Ireland might be a sleeper in this Euro. I don't think they'll win the Euros, obviously, but I think I, I would bet on them to get out of the group. And I, they have all players playing in England. So I, I, I think, yeah, I think Jamaica's gotten stronger because of the MLS. I think uh, Trinidad's gotten stronger because of MLS. Trinidad's gotten stronger also because of the NASL and USL, uh, Haiti also, So and, and the Central American countries. So has MLS, the net effect of MLS now, is it... Is it making the region stronger? And I think Canada will get stronger too. Um, is that is that is that going to hurt the U.S. national team? I think it's starting to hurt it. It really is. I mean, look. I mean, look at England. How many times they take all these foreign players, and probably the best English players are either with either the top four clubs in the Premier League, or let's just be uh, you know let's just laugh about this and uh, make a point. Let's just say the best English striker right now is on Leeds, and Leeds is even in the Premier League. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's happened. I mean, it, it's happening where I think a lot of the better English players are in the championship. They're not getting a look from the national team, but that's happened because of all their foreign players. Um, I want to leave you with this. The Galaxy um, is supposedly the gold standard in, 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 in MLS. I think this season... My personal opinion is New York's got the best team. New York Red Bulls, your team. And Kansas City's the best organization. But everyone puts the Galaxy on a pedestal, and maybe they should. I got the sense that Bruce Arena and the Galaxy organization were um, using Gio Dos Santos and Mexico to promote the, the CONCACAF Cup until he got hurt in that game in Seattle and had to pull out of the CONCACAF Cup uh, on the turf with the football lines. Bruce Arena made sure we, we knew all about all of that, right? And he's right about the turf. Um, it seems like MLS teams, now that the league is getting more international, getting more of these guys from other CONCACAF countries, some big names like the Lampards and the Gerrards and the Pirlos, MLS doesn't necessarily have to promote the U.S. national team anymore and the success of the U.S. national team. It's almost like MLS success is irrespective of the national team. You had 9,000 at Red Bull Arena the other night for a U.S. game. You will fill that place 
for the next Red Bull game because the Red Bulls are really good and it's more important to people. Mm-hmm. Is, is, that, is that where we're going? I hope not. Let me just say this. Uh, in defense to that, unfortunately, even during Red Bull games and midweek games, sometimes the attendance barely cracks over 11,000, 12,000. And for the national team, Unfortunately, you will get those, once again, there's that other team that plays in a baseball stadium that will never, ever cross over the Hudson River because they don't want to get rashes on their bodies crossing the Hudson yeah, River. Yeah, I, I mean, I, lo- I love how all these New Yorkers just discovered professional soccer in the last 12 months. I mean, uh, this exactly. is subject for another day, Daniel, but I mean, you know, come day. on. They're like, well, we never had a team of our own. What are you talking about? You've had a team for 20 years, seven miles away from Manhattan. Anyway, exactly. Go on. Absolutely. But unfortunately, you know, the national team uh, game, I mean, it's just, it, the Red Bull Arena, this game would have been served a lot better if this game was on a weekend day or Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday, whenever. That's probably the best time when Red Bull Arena is full. They will always have a problem filling up either over, just over 10,000 or under 10,000. So it wasn't. But here's the thing, Cardick, I want you to understand this point before I talk about before I answer that question, three former local players, Tim Howard, when he was on the Metro Stars, Tim Ream, when he, when he was drafted by the Red Bulls back in 2010 from St. Louis, and Josie Altidore got the loudest cheers because they're local. When they announced Jurgen Klinsmann's name, a heavy dose of booze. Jurgen Klinsmann right now. It's been going around the internet, and I don't care if he is German or American or from Walla Walla, Washington. It doesn't matter where you come from. If you can put out a winning product for your national team, for the U.S. national team, then you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I I think my 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 point has has been that I think there are people who are against him from the get go because he was German, and that they have not given him a fair chance. That having been said, I think the recent results, and not just the results, but the style of play, speak for themselves. Worst United States performances since before the 94 World Cup, since before Bora had his boot camp in, in Mission Viejo. So um, I, I think things have to change. But uh, go but, ahead and answer that question. But, Sorry. But, but I just want to, no, that's fine. But I just want to say this about our league right now. Our, I'm, I'm, listen, I want our league to be successful, not only domestically, internationally. I want people to look at our league and say, you know what? It's not a bad league at all. You know, there's a lot of solid players being developed. We're seeing some great players individually coming through the youth academies of all the clubs in MLS, uh, the youth academies in the NASL as well, the USL leagues, you know, every peri- every section of the pyramid, or the so-called pyramid, that we're seeing the American player improving. It's that next step internationally. I thought the under-20s played a great under-20 World Cup. Sadly, they just they couldn't get out of the shootout against Serbia, who were the eventual champions. Correct. Uh, they beat Canada in the playoff for CONCACAF. Yeah, but of, course, but of course, you know, I think that uh, I watched a lot of that game. I was flipping back and forth, and I feel like Canada might have won the game if they hadn't had the guy sent off, honestly. I mean, it That's was true. not very good, uh, yeah. good performance from yep. the U.S. Absolutely. Um, but once again, Cardiff, the issue is simple. MLS. What is the main objective? We all know to be financially healthy, that's always number one. Number two, to be the haven for American players, North American players, including Canadians and Mexicans. I know we got Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal in the league, but right. still. Greatest player in MLS history. Greatest player in MLS history, in my opinion, is a Canadian. 
Dwayne D. Rosario. No one's going to move me off that 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 position. I've had that position for years. I still and believe. That's my card. And, right. and, and Not I'm an American, but a Canadian. You. But go go ahead. I mean, is but the objective anyway, to develop you know, develop players, or is the objective now to be um, a big time club league? Because maybe this is part of the club v country thing that's going on all over the world. Maybe it's just this is another uh, nation where it's happening. And here's the other thing as well, Cardick, is this, is that for the U.S., this is what it is. It's now about development, and I think Bradenton is now expendable. Bingo. Okay, so we're going to end on that note, Daniel, but you are, you have nailed it with that last comment. I believe that strongly. I don't know why Bradenton is still open. Maybe that's another show on divers and sheets. I've written and tweeted extensively about my uh, displeasure with how things are done in Bradenton and how I think there's been diminishing returns on on the investment U.S. soccer has put into the to the academy down down my here in my neck of the woods in Florida. So the National Academy, um, Daniel, thank you. Uh, uh, tell our listeners where they can find you on Twitter and uh, where they can hear you on Forest Inspire, Fire when and where. Absolutely, it's at capital letter D, capital letter F, lowercase e u e r s is in Sam T E I N blogtalkradio.com forward slash for your steams fire with no apostrophe s and there you go and of course don't forget uh, the next usa game i'm able to uh, broadcast will be here on rabble.tv fantastic thank you daniel thank you Carl. if you're enjoying this episode of divers and cheats it's time to give a shout out to the sponsor who made this entirely possible rabble.tv if you're not familiar with Rabble, it's a completely new way of experiencing sports on television. The concept is simple. The next time you want to watch your favorite soccer team on television but you're tired of the announcers because they're too biased against your team or simply not that good, press the mute button and then head over to Rabble.tv to listen to a real fan's audio broadcast of the game. And if there isn't a broadcast available, you can create your own broadcast by switching on your mic and calling the match. I've done that a couple times. It's easy. Sign up for free today and try it out at Rabble.tv. With Rabble, you can listen to the broadcast on your desktop, through your iOS app, and now through your mobile browser. And that's really cool. You can open up even the Maxathon browser I've opened up and listen to a Rabblecast on. It's amazing. You don't need the app, although the app is really good and it's really well organized. Plus, you can join the conversation by posting your questions or observations in the comments section, as many of you have already done tonight. So take a moment to thank our sponsor for making this episode possible by heading on over to Rabble.tv, where it's your team and it's your call. Now let's bring Dave Denholm from Fox Soccer into this discussion about Major League Soccer. Dave has been a massive proponent of Major League Soccer through the years. I used to do a show with him, the American Soccer Show, on the Champion Soccer Radio Network on CSRN. And I don't think many people watch MLS as closely as Dave does, watch the Galaxy as closely as Dave does. So he's a good authority, watches the United States very closely, now calls Bundesliga games, Europa League games, and others on Fox Soccer, uh, 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 actually on Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports 2 via Fox Soccer. So let's bring Dave in now to this conversation. Dave Denholm, thank you for joining us tonight on Divers and Cheats. 
U.S. soccer, the, the results aren't good enough at the U23 level. They're not good enough at the senior level. I think we are playing worse football than any time since prior to the 94 World Cup. And I include the 98 and 2006 World Cups in the, in the uh, failures in this. I mean, we, we, didn't, we didn't win a game in either of those world, two, two World Cups, but we played better than we're playing now if you look at style. Alexi Lalas tweeted the day after the Mexico game, out your way in Los Angeles, that he feels the United States has the players to compete with anyone in the world. You agree with that? Well, yeah, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't want to, you know, I, if there's one thing I am, Cardiac, you, you know it's that I'm modest. But, I mean, I'm probably one of the first people to ever say the U.S. should be right there winning World Cups now. And we should believe that we have the talent, because we do. And I've been saying it for years. And, you know, it's good that Alexi says it because certainly he's uh, much more well-known than I'll ever be in the, in the soccer world. And, and people like that because that is exactly right. We have beaten everybody in the world previously. Who have we not beaten ever? Who have we not beaten? You know, I mean, we've beaten the best teams in the world when they were playing well. We've beaten the top teams when they weren't playing well. We've beaten teams when we aren't playing well. It's just we're way beyond this woe-is-me mentality that Jurgen Klinsmann has, which is reason number one he should have been long gone. And I, I harken back, and I know you've heard me say it, I harken back to the fact that immediately when you tell a team that they cannot win of professional players going into a World Cup, you're done. You're dead to me. That is but, but, exactly but, the moment I... I how how uh, much of this has to do with, with... Is there been a decline in the level of player in our player pool? Are there too many guys playing in Major League Soccer? Are young development players not as good as they used to be? That's a joke. Come on. No, of course not. It's all coaching. There's no way. The mathematics alone... Everybody loves to be an analytics now in the world of sports, which are, I believe, uh, leaning towards being ridiculous. Yeah, I would but agree with you on that. If you're going to lead towards numbers, of course we have more talent than we ever had. The numbers would just... I ask this. Now, that doesn't mean we have Ken Landon Donovan. There are people who are going to be special in any given generation, and maybe we don't have that in this generation. But we're far better top to bottom, talent-wise, than we've ever been. I'm sorry. It's, it, we, if this team was managed properly and motivated properly, you could put together an MLS American All-Star team that would destroy Alexi Okay, okay. those are, those are, those are players on paper, Dave, but... Um, and I agree, the talent level in MLS, I've argued the talent level in MLS is better than people think it is. But it's the coaching in MLS. The coaching these guys are getting, well, no, the training they're getting at the MLS level good enough. No. No, it is not. And we see that on individual. Now, individually, it might be. Like you have, overall, you could say, no, it's not. Individually, you don't want to denigrate any one person who may be doing a very fine job. Either, maybe Peter Vermees has made Vermees many Bellhopper a much better Vermees than that you're Maybe Peter's made Benny Thalhopper a much better player. Yeah, Jesse Morris has helped a lot of the players in New York. I would single him out, too. I think he's done a good job. Exactly. Maybe Bruce Arena hasn't helped Omar Gonzalez the way that Omar Gonzalez should be helped. Maybe Bruce Arena hasn't made Jonathan Zardin a better player. Maybe he has for things, but maybe he's also playing him out of position. Yes, so you have to look at it individually. Overall, broad scope, if you must paint that picture, no, MLS coaches are not up to par where they should be. And quite frankly, I don't think they're up to part of the talent of the league, both American players and... I and that goes that. right up to the U.S. soccer, though. Clearly, they're not getting the job done at every level. Jurgen Klinsmann... I don't mean the women, of course. The women are top-notch. 
Oh, but we'll see long-term about that, Dave, because I think, well, I don't want to get into the women today, but we did well in this World Cup, but I'm already seeing less good girls coming through our development system compared to the rest of the world than before. So it might well, catch up with us in a few years. you got to remember that's more of the rest of the world catching up as true, well, true, which they clearly are. Seriously, don't right. disagree with that. They're, they're taking it more seriously than if, uh, if foreign powers take this game more seriously, like they do, they are going to have better coaches than we do. That's just the bottom line. Now, the problem is we have to hire the right foreign coach. And I thought Jurgen Klinsmann was. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not going to backtrack from that. I thought he was a good hire. But, man, when you tell me that we can't win in a sport in which millions of people are playing and have been playing for decades in this country, shame on you, Jurgen. You're just setting the bar way too low, you're, and you should go. you, you got to go. If Let you're me ask you another question. Players, so, so you watch... You watch. Uh, Jermaine Jones in MLS every week. You watch, uh, since he's come back, you watch Clint, you watch Michael Bradley, yeah. you watch Giants' uh, uh, artist. What is it? Is Clint been trying to prove he's smarter than you and me and everyone else out there that watches uh, this league and watches uh, the leagues in Europe? Uh, because he seems to constantly want to play guys out of position uh, and tinker with formations and then blame those players when things goes, go wrong. Fabian Johnson has played out of position for this national team, uh, among others. Well, Jermaine Jones, out of position. short answer... Artic, the short answer to your question is yes. He is trying to prove he's smarter than everyone. Problem is, he's not. So, uh, yes, that's exactly what he's trying to do. It's always about that with Jurgen. Oh, you just don't understand. He's so condescending. Are you kidding me? Dude, he was a good player. He was a selfish player, but he was a great player. Let's not take anything away from him. So, you got to have that selfishness in you as a great player, especially a, a striker. But come on, Jurgen. You have to realize that. This stuff, look, I understand it's the German way and all this other thing. We got the wrong German coach, clearly. We hired the wrong one. We should have went after his assistant, threw him, threw him all the money, apparently. We got the wrong guy, okay? That's all right. It happens in sports. You move on. Why is Why won't we soccer? move on, though? Oh, so, we'll... yes. Why is, I mean, look, unless two years a lot of these people, he's absolutely tied to Jurgen Klinsmann. Wouldn't have been the case if Sunil would have had a backbone earlier and just said, hey, I'm not putting up with this. This man told us we couldn't win, and he went out and proved it by the way he played against Belgium. That is unacceptable. So, I mean, look, and there's a string of results. The goal, I mean, look, you've said it before. We're playing miserably right now. There's no doubt. I look at Jurgen Klinsmann's face on that television against Costa Rica. That, is, that, has, that face was a look of a man who knows what's coming, or at least what should be coming, if we were a real soccer power. And I mean, true. I don't, I'm not talking about talent in terms of soccer power. If we were a real soccer nation, he'd have been long gone. Long gone. Yeah, is this, talking about Dave, is there any other country where the sport is as popular as it is here? Because clearly it's become very popular here. This is not... The, the conversations we had about Bruce Arena when he got the sack... Um, th these conversations now about Klinsman are being had by 10 times as many people. There are 10 times as many yeah. people engaged in this. Is there any other football, soccer nation that would have a guy employed as a technical director who is not is failing at that job and as a head coach is failing at that job and it's the same guy and the no, media, of some of our colleagues don't want to ask questions in press conferences that are, are, are real about this stuff? It's the greatest job in sports. I, I just do sports talk. I talk about all, all the other sports. There's not a job in the sport world that compares to being the U.S. men's national team coach. Because you make a fortune, and there is no accountability. No pressure whatsoever. He has no pressure on him. We have three coaches not. in 17 years, Dave. I'm sorry, I wanted to throw this in and continue. 
uh, everyone's saying, well, Mexico's had 17 coaches. You know, you have to have stability. We have had three coaches in 17 years and have regressed in those 17 years. So, like I'm saying, I think even in the 98 World Cup when Steve Sampson won three and out, we played better football than we're playing now. Even though we didn't get the results, we played better football. And yet we have better players now, and we've regressed, and we have had three coaches. So there's no accountability, clearly. It's amazing because, and, and you tell me, well, Mexico's had so many coaches, you need stability. What has Mexico not done that we've done? They've been perfectly fine. Yeah, they've had some moments where they've regressed a little bit. It happens. Certain cycles hit you and they have to change coaches or they were close to missing out on the Absolutely, that happens. But you know what? It only took this coach three days to get ready to beat us like a drum in the, in the, in the, in the conca camp. So, so how, I mean, how much does that really matter? Oh, no, we, we can't make a change. I'm so tired of hearing this excuse from alleged U.S. soccer fans. And I won't say alleged because they're good fans. They're just misguided at this point. Well, who else could we get? Who else are we going to get? If it's not working, I make this analogy. If you're driving to work because you feel that the car is the best way to get to work, and your car breaks down, you don't just say, well, I can't go to work because what other way is going to be better than the car to get to work? You jump on a bus. You get on a bike. You call a cab. Yes. And if, it's, if, if those ways are not better, You'll find out. So be it. Then you make another change. You get on the subway. Who cares? I am not worried about Jurgen Klinsmann's job security. I am worried about the United States winning the World Cup. And that is what we should be in contention for by now. No question in my mind. I don't care. I'm not I'm not deluded. I'm not like these other people. Oh, they're you're nuts. So we're outshot in every game, outplayed in every game in the Gold Cup except against Cuba. We're outshot in every game except for the Cuba game and the Jamaica game. And the Jamaica game, remember, we were down 2-0 quickly. So, of course, we had the ball after that and they were defending. Right? So, that, so those two games are outliers. We're outshot in every game by the likes of Haiti, Panama twice, uh, Honduras. So we're playing bad football. So there are no defenses left of Jurgen Klinsmann as a manager. Now we get to the technical, technical director's place, okay? And his defense is a technical director. I have these great players at the youth level coming through MLS academies. They're at English Premier League clubs at a young age. Uh, they're in the German Bundesliga at a young age. We're going to have this great U23 team. Guess what? We lose to Honduras uh, on Saturday. So, so what, what defense does he have left? No more defenses as coach, no more defenses as technical director. Where do we go? Well, we go a different direction. I mean, it's just that simple. And if Sunil Galati is not well, yeah, really well, man enough to do it, Dave, get rid of him too. What do we have to Sorry. do? What kind of coach? What kind of coach would you ideally want to see? What? Who are the guys in MLS uh, or type of coach? And who are the coaches overseas? You, you, you. Type I, of I tell you what I would like to do. I, I, I do think you have to split the position up now. I think we're a nation that look, this is not a club team where Bruce Arena wants all power on the pitch, and that's somewhat understandable, right? We are a massive nation. We need a technical director and we need a head coach. Different positions. Manager and a technical director to work together and, and get this thing solved. I believe. I think we're at that point. Now, does that disqualify some guys who wouldn't take the job because of that? So be it. That's where we're at. If that means Goose hitting doesn't come over here and you know take our money and be very average in his job, Fine, I can live without Which that. Which is what he does I everywhere think. he goes, right? That's Holland's exactly. in the position because of him. Exactly. I don't so, need Fabio Capello right. demanding all power. You know, that's just a, a, Would I like to see an Unai Emery as the manager and someone from MLS to move into a technical advisory role? Maybe it's a GM from MLS? Maybe it's 
a coach, a manager who wants to step up, yeah, that's kind of the situation where I think a, 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 a top-quality coach, a Pavel Verba, a Unai Emery, guys who know the ins and outs of football and work with an American also. And I mean, there's a number of great coaches. I'm not just limiting those, to those two, but those are just guys that come to my head who can do a fantastic job of the tactics with the type of talent we have. And then you need an American who will find that talent and continue to nurture it, working with that coach to develop us at younger levels. I mean, oh, it's just it's unbelievable. We've been worried about bringing in DT players. We should be bringing in coaches at all levels. Yeah, so, much more skilled so, than what so we have. Last point, Dave. I want to. I want to ask you about is we um, we've got these good MLS youth academies now that are bringing players through. We've gotten more kids over to uh, to big clubs in England and Germany at a young age, and in Holland also uh, Utrecht with Rubio Rubin, uh, and yep. yet and so Klinsman had said he wanted to impart a style into these players. Some of the MLS teams have taken that style. Uh, or the professed style, because there really is no style, as we're about to point out. Caleb Porter has got his guys playing a certain way in Portland, which is similar to the way Klinsman wants to play. Peter Vermees has his guys playing in Kansas City the way kind of uh, Klinsman wants to play. We see in, in Dallas, Oscar Perea bringing guys through that system that play maybe a little differently. They get to the youth yeah. national teams. We were supposed to be playing a, a consistent way at the youth national team level. I watched this Honduras game, and we set up completely differently with a completely different mindset than we do in the game at night, uh, at that night in Los Angeles against Mexico. So why yeah. would we have a technical director who doesn't even have a technical plan straight, straight down the thing? And, and, and we point. need MLS teams buying in. We need, some, we need MLS academies buying in, and we need um, all the youth clubs buying in, right? Yeah, I disagree to a certain point, but I'll tell you why. But you... I think actually you need more diversity on the academy level. Not not everybody playing the way one team does okay. for the U.S. national team. Oh, I'm just I using his standard. I, I I'm using the placement standard. So explain why you think differently. Because I think that's how you develop real footballers. And quite frankly, the job should have enough turnover. U.S. manager, I'm talking about that. You shouldn't be focused on just one style. Now, if it's that manager style while he's manager, okay, I get it. He wants to play his style. That's his right. But that's why you need a broad array of playing styles and player types throughout MLS Academy to develop players in different styles, you know, because Josh, Justin Mapp would not fit into everybody's style, but Justin Mapp should have played a lot more games for the U.S. I'm fully, I fully believe that. But the I problem was he didn't, he didn't fit in at the time. So, you know... And that's another problem, part of with hanging on to coaches too long. Because we do start to see, well, we got to play this way, because that's what Jurgen wants. We gotta play. And then you have a whole generation of players. And, you know, soccer generations are generally the six years at most. I mean, you have a whole generation of players who can only play or only want to know how to play or only want to succeed or only can succeed in a certain And, and, and then, because of that, you have guys like Benny Filehaber, Sasha Kleiston, Eric Lehigh. I could go on and on. Yes. Three come to mind right oh, away. That, that, that are frozen out. We don't, have, we don't yep. have enough good players to freeze out three good players the way you're just frozen yep. out those three guys I just mentioned. And there are more. Well, the problem is we might have enough good players to freeze them out. We don't know. <laughs> and so I, I, your point is correct. Right, right, right. The, the point being that we probably do have enough players to freeze out an Eric Lee We just don't know that we do, and he should have gotten a much better look in his career. Certainly, you know, like I don't know that he's the answer, but I agree with you. We had to pose the question, and we're not. And that's a big problem. Uh, you know, look, 
I had a conversation with a buddy over Fox Soccer, and it was a great conversation because he opened my eyes to one thing where it all fell apart was that Portuguese iron goal in the World Cup. Everything since then has been a mess. Yes. Yes, exactly. And it was because Jurgen Klinsmann got deflated. Everything was working because we were playing an attacking style. Even Jurgen was surprised, I believe, at the way the Ghana game and the Portuguese game went for 90 minutes. Unfortunately, that Portuguese goal sent Jurgen into a tailspin that he has not recovered from somehow. We would have won the group, or let's say maybe we wouldn't have won it. We'd have played, if we'd have had six points, we could have gone after the group victory and tried to beat Germany. We played them tough, or we played them as tough as anybody else did, and I'll give us credit for that. But that goal, that, the, that Portuguese cross from the greatest player on the planet right now, Cristiano Ronaldo, sunk Jurgen Klinsmann, and I was like, you're right. That's, I, couldn't That's do, I couldn't agree more. You know, and ever since, it's, look, we've had our moments where we're not afraid to play because we're playing Cuba. Big deal. You and I could be Cuba. Well, but that's, that's the outlier. Even against Haiti, even against Honduras, even against Panama exactly. twice, we've been outplayed. We were outplayed by Haiti. Crazy. I don't care that Zardes got that, came out and made that goal. We got outplayed by the Haitians. And most of those guys I watch because they're in U.S. lower divisions. I mean, they play for Fort Lauderdale yep. and Pittsburgh and these lower division teams. They're not even MLS level players, let alone in Europe. Oh, it's hard to it It's true. He's been scared ever since. He's been managing scared. The whole system is scared after that goal, as if as if everything collapsed. Somehow we were playing beyond his, his expectations before then. But as soon as that goal went in, he had to revert back to, "Oh no, we are not good enough." We and, it, and he's never gotten out of it. And simply, it should have cost him his job. Much sooner than this, I, I do. And, and look, this is not about head hunting. Nobody wants to see people in general lose their jobs. This is professional sports. He makes millions of dollars. He'll be okay, right? It's not some low-level, blue-collar worker at an auto factory who's about to lose his job. Let's not worry about who do we get to replace Jurgen and, oh, I feel so bad. That's the nature of the game that he decided to manage. I'm sorry. It's time to move on. It's unacceptable. The United States deserves better at this point from our manager. We are a massive footballing nation. We always get out of our group in the World Cup. You tell me we're not in the top 15 in the world, and I'll tell you you're wrong every day of the week. Now, are we playing that way now? No. We only have a few, few but, minutes, Dave. So, last question. Do you, would you be okay with him staying on as technical director and relieve, being relieved of the head coaching duties, or does he have to, we need to clean break? I would have initially. If they would have hired Jurgen Klinsmann as technical director and he would have picked the manager the first day, I'd have been gung ho. Yeah, Jurgen's the guy. No, you can't do that now. It's too late. The uh, the, the well has been poisoned. It's time to move on completely. Dave Denholm Dan Dan from Fox Soccer. Thank you. Well, Dave, thank you, and thank you to all of you for listening tonight to Divers and Cheats. Reminder to check us out at Rabble.tv on the internet. Check out all our writing at worldsoccertalk.com. Find me on Twitter at KKFLA737. Until next week, enjoy your football. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.